What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Antonson. This is another foiling series episode. Um, today's guest is Paul Cooper. You probably follow him at Flew de Coop, F-L-E-W-D-A-C-O-O-P on Instagram. If you don't, go and check him out. And that would be helpful because today's conversation is based around his strap foiling, his journey in learning how to strap foil, something that I am going to dive in to uh, very soon here. And so this was almost a selfish conversation. I believe it's going to help everyone, though, who's looking to get into strapped foiling because we take a very deep dive into the process of learning to uh, foil strapped. So I think you're going to love it. Um it was supposed to be the Eric Goodman Foundation Training Podcast today. I just recorded that one with Eric yesterday, and I think it went quite well. And if you guys have not yet checked out Foundation Training, do it. Um, it would be helpful for that conversation if you have a little bit of background on what the exercises look like and um, understand Eric's work a little bit because that conversation will be much more valuable. So that's your homework. Uh, go check out foundationtraining.com or stream.foundationtraining.com to get a base uh, understanding of the movements. And that way, when you listen to the conversation, you'll be able to draw out a whole lot more from that. And Eric is someone who has trained Kelly Slater, Dane, Ren Dane Reynolds, uh, Licky Peterson, Tom Carroll. Uh, he was the coach um, trainer for not the coach, the trainer for the 2008 uh, U.S. water polo Olympic team. Um, and it's not just surfing. He, he, you know, he's been featured on The Late Show. And anyway, so he's someone who's helped me tremendously, kept me in the water for all these years. And I think it's going to be a valuable conversation for a lot of us who are not 20 years old, who want to maximize our time in the water over the next decades. And he talks about some commonalities between top level athletes, the way that they take training. We talk about the neurological um, uh, process, uh, training, recovery, all that. So anyways, you guys are going to love the conversation with Eric that's coming up next week. Actually, I'll probably drop it in a few days here if I get some time. Um, so, but go and get an understanding of, of what those exercises look like before you listen to that podcast. It will be beneficial. Uh, this conversation with Paul is, I thought it was quite good. I, I, for me, it was cool to step out of what I have been studying and truly be a student to Paul uh, as someone who's going to be diving into the strapped foiling. I learned a whole lot. If you guys have questions, comments, feedback, shoot it to me because I might not have known the right questions to ask because it's not something that I've been diving into. So if you go back and you listen to the beginning of the foiling series, there's so many gaps in my understanding that the conversations were not as good as, as, as I was gaining knowledge. And then these conversations unfold along with what I know. And right now in the strapped foiling, I don't know much. So it was a little bit open-ended. Uh, that will get better over time as we start diving into this. But uh, I think Paul did an incredible job of explaining the process, what to watch out for. Um, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So thank you guys for tuning in. Truly appreciate it. I hope everybody's doing well in these crazy times. And um, just a whole lot of love. So... Uh, all right. Enjoy the conversation with Paul.
Paul, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you this morning? Good. How's it? How's it, Eric? Thanks for having me. Stoked to be, be on here. I've been listening to this podcast for some time. Um, I'm like much more of a foil nerd because of it. I never knew what <laughs> terms were like cadence or dihedral or anything like that. So I feel like when I talk to my foil friends and stuff and I bring up those terms, I feel super smart. So thank Killer. you. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I'm stoked. So um, I don't know much about you, man, except for watching you fly all over the place on the Instagram videos. So give me some backstory. Yeah, well, um, I'm in Hawaii. Uh, I grew up on Kauai. Um, I would say like back in like the mid 90s, there was like a huge boogie boarding, bodyboarding boom. Um, There's like quite classic. So a lot of foilers know like Kyle Maligro, stuff like that. Um, it was such a huge thing back then. So I got super into bodyboarding, became a professional, I think in 98, right out of high school and uh went on tour for a bit and then kind of stopped that um then went into short boarding and then about i'd say three years ago to end of 2017 um my wife and i were looking at a house that was kind of close to a surf break that we always surfed at i've been short boarding and i just knew seeing it you know of course same story seeing kyleni pump around and stuff but i just knew um getting into this house that this spot that's right in front of it would be, you know, perfect for foiling. And, uh, I just knew that if I wanted to be in the water every day, then like I couldn't shortboard it. I couldn't, you know, do anything, but foiling would be perfect. So yeah, I got into foiling, got a Nash stand up. I never, you know, knew how to stand up surf at all. So I tried to learn stand up surfing and foiling at the same time, which was a huge mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I ditched that paddle real quick. Just started, you know, paddling around without the paddle. Um, ended up sticking a foil mount onto one of my wife's, uh, old surfboards. And then eventually got uh, connected with uh, Amundsen, got a custom one, jumped on uh, Cloud9 P27, wrote that for poof, maybe like eight or nine months, just like honed all my skills on that. So um, just really kind of focused on learning to pump. Cause to me, like I already surfed and whatever, but if I'm gonna foil, like that's what I wanna do is, is connect waves and stuff. So I just, I would paddle out on like the worst days ever and just like not even ride the wave, just get to my feet and instantly pump out the back. Yeah. That's right. So, um, yeah. All right. So let me start here. I'm a big fan of understanding what uh, unique perspectives and you're the first bodyboarder that's been on the show. Is there anything unique that you have brought from bodyboarding into foiling? Is there a way that it has let you see things a little differently than the normal shortboarder? Um, yes, I mean, definitely. And it's pretty funny, like here in uh, Hawaii and, and there are a ton of ex pro bodyboarders or ex 
bodyboarders that are foiling now that are like super super good um and and like yeah i was talking to uh this guy adam the other day about it and it's like yeah it's just a weird thing but i i think just like you said um i think we just kind of approach it a little different you know we're not really hung up on well this is how i should surf this wave you know on a shortboard it's like we're already thinking differently about how the wave breaks um you know we're more open i guess i mean because we chose to do something that's not necessarily looked at in the industry especially in the u.s as you know something that is everybody stoked on right you know in the water so um can, can you give any specific examples about how what you see differently in bodyboarding and how you approach waves differently i mean obviously in bodyboarding the drops that you make and and how deep you can get in barrels um that's enviable for any surfer um some of that come across yeah well i think it's it's not really like because it's it's definitely not the same approach as bodyboarding because yeah oiling we're not taking off super deep we're not taking off on steep drops that's like right. you know a one foot <laughs> steep drop is like you know a 10 foot pipe wave <laughs> so um you know so it's i think it's just the mindset you know it's just it's just thinking differently about you know riding a wave um and then the other side of it is like a lot of these guys they're just such good athletes you know and then we have a lot of wave knowledge, you know, because we've been doing it so long at such a high level. Right. Um, and then the other thing that I think is, it's like a lot of us, you know, we don't really bodyboard anymore, but yet we're still looking for that kind of rush, you know, right. in the ocean. And, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, go out to 10 foot pipes. I don't want to deal with the hundred guys out there or anything like that. So, if I can get that same rush from, you know, doing an air on a half a foot wave in front of my house, you know, then I'm stoked on that. <laughs> so yeah. that's something I find is somewhat difficult to explain to some of my friends who have yet to jump on the foil is what a two foot, like a heavy two foot drop on a foil feels <laughs> like I'm dropping into a, you know, a good heavy beach break a few feet overhead. Easy. You know, oh, easy. And, and they just don't get it. I've got this one buddy in Florida who he's out there every day and it's super small. So he'll take out like a 10 foot sup and prone <laughs> paddle it. And he, and he, and I'm like, dude, you just hop on the foil, man. And he keeps telling me, well, it looks like good exercise, but, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just missing it completely. Yeah. Well, they don't know until they know. And then they're as addicted as every last one of us, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's classic. Um, all right. So the meat of what I want to go through with you today, because I am very, no experience whatsoever on straps. I am about to dive in over the next couple months uh, in a big way, I think. And I want the cheat sheet, man. I want to save as much time in the learning <laughs> process as I can. I know you've spent a ton of time. Um, so tell me, start, start at the beginning. Um and then uh, I'm going to have a million of questions for you. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, definitely it's been a journey, 
you know, riding with straps is a journey. It's, it's not something where it's like, Oh, I want to ride straps and I want to do airs like Kai Lenny. I want to do a backflip off the wave, you know, but so it's, yeah, it's been a journey. Um, first experience with straps is I bought, um, a board from Glenn Pang. He's a surfboard shaper here. He makes unreal surfboards and he is like an avid foiler now like he he doesn't even surf anymore he's been foiling for i would would say probably like a year and a half and he makes foil boards now so do do you still um, surf how much time are you spending on a surfboard or a bodyboard versus foil now i would say like in the beginning i was doing about half and half Uh and now i would say well i'll say this there uh it's probably like the first summer swell out here it was a little bit bigger. So I was like, Oh, I'll take out my shortboard. So I, I took my shortboard out. I'm sitting in the lineup. I'm waiting. Cause these swells that come in for, for these South swells are usually pretty inconsistent. Um, and so I'm just sitting there waiting, haggling with everybody, trying to like get myself in a position for a set. I waited for like 45 minutes at the end of the session. I kind of told myself, I'm like, I think I'm done surfing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I'm just like, I'm just so over like sitting in a crowd. I'm so over waiting for a set. You know, I feel like the freedom I get from foiling, which is like, I can paddle out anywhere. I can, you know, I don't, I like to not have to worry about, you know, this particular wave or that particular wave. I like just sitting there. If something comes, I can catch it, you know, and I'm good. Like, if somebody comes sits by me, I can go sit, you know, a hundred yards down and have the same amount of fun as I would if I was in that spot, you know? So, yeah, I think I wouldn't say a hundred percent. My surfing days are kind of done, but it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of all foiling from here on out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I cut you off there. Go back to, um, no worries. you just got that b- board from Paul, I believe. Uh, yeah, from Glenn. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Glenn. Glenn yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Paul. And then, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I got the board, got some straps. Um, and you learn real quick that it is super difficult to get into straps. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing. Um, I mean, for one, just laying on it, you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, and then, you know, it depends on how you have the layout on your board too. So you just, you know, have this like thing that's like right in your chest or right in your, you know, crotch area. Um, so it's just super uncomfortable. So that takes a little getting used to. And then just uh, getting into the straps is just such a difficult thing. Um, I think Brian Finch at the time, he was going on about, you know, oh, make sure you put your back foot in first and stuff. So I, that really kind of resonated with me. So I just always made sure, you know, I got my back foot in first and then as you get up, you put your front foot in too. So, um, yeah. And then I've been through, I want to say maybe like six different brands of straps, you know, the kinds, uh, I've even got some like North kite ones, access ones, um, uh, Armstrong straps. So to me, after going through all of that, my go-to and what I think is the best strap is basically an Armstrong strap 
Their foam is super soft. Um, it bounces back really well, but I wrap it in neoprene. So, um, how do you do that? Their foam is, um, so, <laughs> well, you can either like take a old wetsuit, cut it up, stitch it, stitch it around. But I ended up buying these access straps that were basically, you know, foam wrapped in neoprene. It was just, you know, a neoprene roll. So I was able to just kind of slide that around my Armstrong strap. Okay. And it kind of just fit perfect. So, um, yeah, because Armstrong foam is it's a little bit sticky, you know, when you're trying to get your foot in. So I would kind of stick to it. And then I've got like super gnarly, like, rug burns on my feet kind of thing like all these cuts and stuff so the neoprene kind of helps with that and yeah that right now it's like my go-to strap and it's the most comfortable and definitely it you know bounces back the most so so that's good you need it to bounce up okay because any any little like if it's you know takes just even a split second slower to bounce up then you know your foot's kicking it I think my right toe is fractured <laughs> from kicking my front <laughs> strap. Um, yeah, so it, it needs to bounce up pretty quick. Okay. Um, any tips on besides back foot first and then front foot? Any tips, little nuances of of getting in the straps? Like when you're say you're catching a wave, let's talk. Is it easier to take off kind of in a chip in foamy type situation, or do you want to be on the face a little bit? for starting okay so to this day even with all the experience that i have doing all these straps unless it is a perfect takeoff <laughs> which means like it's not late you know it's not too whitewashy you know it's just kind of like that perfect sort of takeoff like if it's not then i miss my strap you okay. know and i would say like my success rate, you know, in the beginning went from like 50% to now it's like maybe 80%. Like it's not even close. Like, you know, I miss it all the time. Like even to this day to where like, like if you're going to do straps, you got to be willing to let super sick waves go by, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, that's just the reality. I did. You'll learn quick because it's like, Oh, it's a little late, you know, and you think, Oh, maybe I'll just kind of like force it, but no, I I'll kick the strap. I'll miss it. I'll eat it anyways. So yeah. Um, it just needs to be kind of like that perfect sort of takeoff. You know, you never want to really force it cause you're just, you know, you're just going to miss it. And you never want to kind of rush it too. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, take your time, you know, really kind of focus like every, your focus can't be on anything else except getting in the strap. So if it's a late takeoff and you're kind of worried about the drop, don't even go, <laughs> you know, just, just let the wave go by. So you just got to be willing to kind of like, just wait for that perfect takeoff. Cause yeah, like I said, to this day, like, you know, and I'm pretty good about getting into it, but, I'm still like, yeah, if I don't have that perfect takeoff, I'm missing and I'm eating it. So. Gotcha. Has it changed your takeoff? Do you use different hand positions? Do you, when you're bringing your back foot up, are you doing that before you're standing up kind of, you know, like on a shortboard sometimes in like steeper situations, you'll land your back foot right on your kicker kind of, you know, yeah. halfway down the drop and then you're free falling onto that front foot. Is there like a similar like sequencing there where 
the back foot is finding the strap before you're even popping up and then you're sliding in as you pop up. Yeah, totally. So I know I'm getting granular here, but that's the kind of stuff that no, I'm going to no, be no, thinking no. about. And, and, and this is exactly the kind of mindset. If you're going to like try and tackle this in the next few months, that's the mindset you need. You know, you've, you've got to be real, you know, meticulous about it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like you said, it's, it's like taking off on a steep drop. It's like, you need to kind of get your back foot in, you know, before you're even up at all. And then as you're up, that front foot just needs to perfectly slide into that, that front foot strap. And to me, the placement of the straps is key to that. Um, I prefer, uh, using, okay. So Armstrong, they have like three different holes for placement. Okay. So I prefer to use the widest placement. Um, and then what this does, it kind of gives you a little bit more wiggle room as far as like, it's just a bigger space, you know? Um, I think a lot of like toe guys or kite guys, you know, they want it locked in. Right. So, so they'll just make it just to fit their foot. Oh, okay. So when but, you say widest, you mean the attachment the to the board between the screws yeah okay yeah, that makes sense to me between, yeah because that was going to be my next yeah. question is like I, I move my feet front front and back a whole lot when i foil what is yeah. the optimal position because i have a different position for pumping i have a different position for different yeah. turns like so you're going to be locked into wherever and i guess that with the pumping you can probably hack a little bit because you can pull up now which might change things <laughs> a little bit yeah um, I, I mean, I've heard like different, uh, you know, thoughts on this, like, oh, it's, it's easier to pump because yeah, like you said, it's like you have the straps to kind of book, but I find it, you know, harder to pump. I mean, not, not necessarily harder. It's just, it's just different. Um, like if I'm in a good pumping rhythm, like my feet move, like you said, they're, they're moving all over the board. So I find that I can, you know, do more like three, four, five, and ones without straps, just because I can position my feet in a better place and I move them around. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, with the straps, you're able to kind of pull up on it, but it's it's a different kind of pumping rhythm. Like, you know, well, let's like, get into yeah, pumping like here I, in a second. So, so okay, you um, the widest that you can put the straps on gives you a little bit more room um front and back you like that on both front and back yeah definitely okay. um the back foot i like it wide because for the pumping i you know i i bring my foot a little bit so for pumping it's probably towards the front screw of the strap for riding it's towards the back screw of this of the strap i mean and and it's and we're talking like real small increments um because you definitely still need to to be tight enough that you're locked in, you know, you don't want to be kind of swimming in your straps because then you're not, you know, locked in. So, but just even that little increments, you know, that you're able to move your foot back and forth just kind of goes a long way. And then for your front foot, I like it wide because, because my front foot doesn't move as much, but to have a bigger hole for your foot to kind of like give you a little more wiggle room to kind of get into the strap, is what you need because um yeah when i have it small i kick that 
you know, I, I usually will like miss it short. So I'll kick like the back screw yeah. with my toe and my toe is like, every time I hit it, I'm just like in excruciating pain for like five minutes. So <laughs> that's the worst, man. <laughs> I did a lot of, a lot of stuff surfing and I, I ride some boards. The boards that I ride are generally pretty small and a lot of times you'll be paddling back out and a little nugget will come through and just throw your paddle out the back and just swing and, and take off. And uh-huh. I can't tell you how many times I've caught my big toe, front foot, big toe in the handle on the way up. Mm. And to the point now to where a lot of my standups won't even have a, a, a handle because I, I broke <laughs> my toe. It's terrible. That scares me a little bit about straps maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely real. Like, so yeah, to have it, you know, a little bit wider, um, is, you know, it helps with that. It helps kind of getting it in. And then you just gotta be, you know, good with the positioning of it. So like, I would say I would position your straps to where when you're riding, you want your back foot to be all the way back towards that back screw and your front foot all the way forward towards that front screw. You know, because especially if it's wide like that, if you're kind of leaning up against them, it'll give you that locked in feel of it being totally wrapped around your foot, even though you have like a little bit of state space, you know, in between the two. So I don't, does that make any sense? It does. And I'm looking at some of your videos and we're talking about this right now. And it looks like your placement is kind of more like the Adam Bennett stance of your foot about a foot width behind the mast and your front foot. I mean, in a normal front foot position, instead mm-hmm. of kind of that Kiahi cane kind of gliding from on top or just a little bit in front of the mast. Without yeah, straps. Well, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the foil that I'm riding in those videos is, I mean, they have to be so far forward. Like if it's any, any, like even an inch farther back and my foot's kind of more on top of it, I can't even ride it. It's just not not enough lift on it so oh i got you what foil yeah. is that it's a, last... it's a lip yeah it it's a lift like, yeah. 170 yeah okay you, yeah that, they the... have to be super far forward is that the um surf wing or like kind of the lower profile lift wing uh it's it's the surf it's the 170 surf with the 34 tail yeah yeah and i, I ride the shorter mass the 24 inch mass in most of those videos yeah um, that gives you a little bit of a easier platform to air off of with a shorter mask, maybe. Um, it just feels looser. Like, um, yeah, anytime I go, yeah. Cause yesterday there's a little bit of swell. So I, I rode the longer mass, I rode the 28 inch mass and it just, it's just a little more laborious, you know, to kind of turn it. Um, yeah, with that short mass, it's like, you know, it's like going from like a fun board to like fish kind of thing it's it's just so loose on you know that shorter mass you're just a little bit more kind of like connected to your wing i think because it's just not as much distance between you and it and then um for like riding out of airs and landing airs and and going into whitewash and stuff it's really easy because it's just that wing's a little bit closer to the surface so i'm able to kind of like pop it up and out of like you know, situations where my board flattens out either on the whitewash or on the surface of the water. So. Gotcha. But it's a give and take. It's like, I can't do like full 
beeline, fly down the line, and like a big, heavy car, you know, I'll usually breach out. So mm -hmm. that's the trade. You know, I just got the <laughs> NFC sixteen hundred, and oh wow, I love it, man. So it's like a, for a bigger wing, it surfs really good. I keep breaching it though. I've had to like change uh, how I turn um, almost all of my turns because um, that wing is, it's just a little bit wider because that, that's a 70 mast and, and I've, you know, generally ride a 75 with a smaller wing and now I'm in a bigger wing with a, a smaller mast and all of my distances are off a little bit. Such a mm -hmm. nuanced game of, of inches <laughs> or millimeters really. No. Yeah, it, it's it's insane. I mean, yeah, because I would ride, um, I used to ride Armstrong foils, and I just always felt like I would have so much lift out of turn. So I would, even with like, like you said, like 72 uh, mass, I would like reach out of turn. So, but with, you know, with the lift series, it's like, there's not a lot of lift there, which is pretty funny, but, you know, so I can kind of turn it you know, as hard as I want and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm sacrificing a lot of pumping and stuff like that. So it's, it's all a give and take right? Um, with it. You know, I'm still, I've been searching for like that perfect one where it's like, you know, you know, surfs as sick as it can be, but then can pump as sick as it can be. So, you know, and I think we're, we're getting close. Um, yeah, I'm stoked on those Cloud9 F-Series that are coming out. And, you know, that seems like that the concept of it, which is like high aspect with low aspect features, is like exactly what I think I'm looking for. So, yep. That's what I've been searching for too lately. I feel like the MFC does a pretty good job of balancing the two. I can, I can do a long pump run and keep speed um, and then still crank out a turn. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think MFC is one of the few that I haven't tried yet. I've, I've tried GL series lately, tried the Uni Hyper 170, Sky Adam, let me try his, Amundsen, let me try his uh, GL 140, 120. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I haven't tried a MFC. Um, talk to me about your experience on that 170. I love the 190. It's one of my favorite wings ever. <clears throat> uh, well, I had it for two days. Um, and yeah, I, I never, I would say like, it's probably the best pumping wing I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty big. I'm, I'm six Oh, 200 pounds. Okay. Uh, so, but, but I always choose to ride a little bit smaller. Like I, I think if I were to talk to somebody, they would probably wouldn't even direct me to get that 170 they would say it's a little small but um but no i mean that was like like i think the first wave i caught i did like a five in one yeah. i think you know it's just insane the uh pump the glide i mean it just had such a clean kind of pumping to it and like like you don't even have to like muscle it it's just like taps you know on the surface but the crazy thing with that wing too is like, like if I saw like a set out the back and I wanted to get to it and I started, you know, I just start turning the afterburners on and it's like, boom. And the thing would just like take off. Like I was like blown away by that. Yeah. Um, the 190, I can pump like probably four miles an hour faster than any other wing. Um, oh. 
which is insane because then when you're connecting, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's accurate, but wearing my GPS watch, I've pumped it around like 16, 17 miles an hour, which is just insane. And then when you're connecting, you're connecting like you're getting whipped off a, you know, off a ski or something. So yeah, that's the benefit. I mean, you, you do lack a little bit in the turning, but I don't know. Um, well, the speed is so good when you, when, when you can hit an oncoming way of going so fast, it's like, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I was able to kind of turn it sort of, but I had to slow it down like tremendously. Um, but I just, I know with like my style of riding, like I could, that's not a wing that I could ride every day. You know, it would be more of like, if I'm like cruising or whatever, like I, I'm, you know, I'm approaching the waves as like, almost like, you know, a shortboard. Like right. I'm trying to do like off the tops, you know, roundhouses, wraps, you know? So, um, yeah, I just know like it would be hard for me to ride that every day. Yeah, You so. have to change the way you surf a little bit. I find that they're like, it's like riding a mid length. It's like real, mm. real flowy high lines, down carves. It, it'll do a really good turn, but you have to have, you know, the space, except unless you're Adam Bennett's, his la last videos on the 190 were insane. <laughs> I don't know if you saw those yet. Yeah, 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 no, super sick. And then he's, he's smaller too, right? He's, yeah. he's probably what, like, like 160 or something. I think he's 170, I think he said. 170, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on a 190, oh, that's because that, I'm sure, because my experience just on the 170, like, yeah, it, it takes all of my, 200 pounds to kind of like force turn that thing so yeah like he's got some skills for sure that's for sure um all right let's talk about approaching airs with straps and how you started out like what were your first experiences and in, in boosting were like and then you know what you've learned through there because now you're i mean yeah it's insane what you're doing right now i just watched about <laughs> 10 of your videos while we were talking um <laughs> it's nuts dude <laughs> yeah it's definitely been um a pretty rough journey too i i guess i yeah i, I could have gone into this with my journey with the straps but um yeah i blew my knee out um i blew my knee out two years ago shortboarding um Cause I've been on this search to do airs, <laughs> even on short. And, and <laughs> like, I'm not like a super good, you know, short border, but like, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with doing airs. Um, but, uh, the problem with shortboarding is like, you need that wave, you yep. know what I mean? Um, and I don't have a wave like that. Um, you know, I'm usually surfing, you know, town over here or, and it's, it, it's pretty mushy. And then the wind is not my friend over here too, because it's always like a predominant trades trade wind. So it's kind of blowing at my back. I'm goofy foot. So I'm going on the left and it's blowing, you know, at my back, blowing the board away from me rather than keeping it under my feet. So right. I've struggled with airs on shortboard for years. Um, but anyways, two years ago, I blew my knee out, um, did physical therapy, all that. And then, um, I would say it was, I think it was October. Yeah. It was like maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I started getting into strap riding and stuff. And then, um, we're at Kahana 
um, which is like, I think they call it like the chocolate factory or whatever. It's super fun foil wave over here on Oahu. And I was doing like airs, you know, and, and I was feeling it. Um, I think that was the first time I rode the 170 wing, you know, so I was doing airs, landing super smooth. I was like, oh, this feels super good. Uh, the next day we went back and uh, it was a little smaller. So I'm like, oh, I'll put my bigger wing on. So I took out the 200 surf and um, I kind of still approached it the way I was on that 170. And I just flew into this section. Um, and I think I kind of like overshot the landing basically. So I went past the, where the whitewash is, I landed into the flats. And as I came down the wing, as soon as it hit the surface of the water bounced back towards me and I just totally hyperflex my other knee. So, (laughs) so yeah, so, um, yeah, I was out for about a month and then i didn't ride straps until about i would say maybe like five months ago i felt more you know my knee felt okay to do it but because of that injury and the way i landed it totally changed my approach to it just because i didn't want to do that again um so there's a technique uh especially when you bring the foil back into the water is um, you got to kind of knife it. You know, does that make sense? It looks like you land nose down. Yeah. Which is so different from like thinking about like shortboard airs from back in the day. I mean, that would, you wouldn't want to land nose down, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically in order to kind of like keep that wing from coming back at you. um, Yeah. I got to knife it. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm pointing that nose like straight down towards either the whitewash or wherever I'm trying to land it. And that just kind of like keeps it from, you know, basically like, like coming back at you and, and buckling your knees, you know? So, so I'm able to do like some pretty decent size errors. And as long as I can kind of like knife it down, I can ride out no problem. Do you feel that as you're knifing the board back in, the wings gaining lift and then that lifts your nose as you're, as you're landing? Yeah. So, um, it just kind of, yeah, it just, cause you don't want it to, you don't want that lift to bounce back without you controlling it. So, um, I mean, you're basically taking the lift away from it as you're coming down. Cause you're coming down. I mean, it's like, especially me, it's like, 200 pounds plus that or that weighing everything it's like a lot um you know a lot of pressure from that height so you want to kind of slow that lift but once you're in it in order to ride out you know like i almost kind of knife it to the very edge of the whitewash and then as it kind of breaks away and hits the clear water it'll like lift up does that make sense yeah that makes sense. I see it in your video. Like I see nose down. It almost looks like you're landing behind the wave a little bit on some of them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that, is that on yeah, purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is, especially on some of the bigger ones, just because I'm, I'm, you know, because of, of hurting my knee and stuff, I'm, I'm terrified of, 
<laughs> of doing that again. So um, I'm going for least risk landing spot. So I don't want to, you know, land in the flats. Like you, you can't really land in the flats with a foil. It's just, you know, it's not going to be good. So yeah, I think a few, um, and then it's just, just kind of the way I hit the section too. So it'll kind of send me off the back a little bit, but, um, but yeah, if you can kind of make it to where it lands, like, like I said, the wing kind of just lands right at the front of the whitewash. Okay. Those are kind of like my cleanest landings or when it's like that. Um, all right, let's talk about launching a little bit. And I know in shortboarding, um, you're looking for that section where, you know, the lip is about to pitch, you get that perfect ramp. How much are you using the wave for your air and how much are you just using your speed and the foil to boost? Um, yeah. I know, I mean, and, and we're still like, I feel like we're, we're at such a early stage of the progression of this kind of writing. So, you know, a lot of guys are just kind of, you know, almost like chop hopping, you know, not really using. So I, I'm trying to make it a point to, you know, I'm trying to hit sections, you know, um, the good thing about being on foil is that it doesn't even have to be much of a section or anything. I mean, you can do big airs without even anything on like, you know, just a chop or, or, or even just on flat water, you can get your foil out of the water. So, um, I'm trying to make it a point to, to just hit sections, you know? Um, so there's definitely a point where it's like, I'm just using more of my speed and momentum to get air. And then the ones that the wave actually throws me up, I can definitely feel that. So the ones where I'm going like pretty, like the higher ones that I'm doing, definitely getting, you know, boost from the wave and the timing of it. So. Um, okay. Did you start in flat water, kind of like flat water ollieing to feel what it, um, what an air and landing feels like? I see a lot of guys doing that. Sort of, but it's definitely if if you're if you're trying to kind of like land and ride out, um, it doesn't really help much just because it's it's uh, you know a flat water kind of air is just it's more like an ollie. You know, and, and you don't really get the feeling of like what you need when you ride out. And then it's, it's, uh, I think if you're doing airs just going on flat water and straight, it's a straight air, you know, like you're, you're going down a straight line. Whereas when you're doing it on a wave, it's more curved, right? You know, it's like going up a half pipe versus going off, you know, like a ramp. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, uh, I definitely well i think i was trying airs without straps so before i even had straps i was trying it and it's the scariest thing <laughs> ever you know to try it without strap i see miso doing airs without straps that are huge i'm just like that it's like the scariest thing to me so um yeah i think if you if if you want to do it on waves and ride out then that's kind of the approach that i would do and and the best way to kind of do it is like i'm goofy foot so i'll take off on a right um and i'll do like a wrap around like like you're gonna come like surfing do a roundhouse 
And that's kind of the perfect section to kind of do it on because then it gives you that little ramp plus the whitewash to kind of like, you know, pillow your fall, you know, your landing and stuff, make it a smoother landing. Gotcha. Um, anything else you think would be valuable for folks to know about airs before we talk about some wings? <laughs> um, yeah, just like straps are going to be a journey. It's, it's, yeah, you're not going to be strapped up first day. I mean, it's like just foiling too. It's everything with foiling. It's, it's all a learning process. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like, there's days even to this day that I'm like, I hate these things. <laughs> it's like, I get so upset. Like if I miss my strap, I kick my toe, you know, it's like, so, you know, but then, you know, I get that feeling of flying through the air, which is what I always am searching for. Um, whether it's, you know, surfing, snowboarding, whatever, like that's kind of the thing that I'm, I've been looking for. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely a journey. Um, I would bring out tools with you, you know, to move your stuff around because if it doesn't feel right, you know, you can adjust it out there and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you gotta be willing and open to kind of like tweak everything and I'm still tweaking to this day. So. Gotcha. Um, all right. You mentioned testing a bunch of wings. You mentioned the GL 120, 140, uh, you ride the lift 170. Um, what are the feels that you're getting out of these different wings and have you only ridden those wings with straps? Is there a, is there a difference in what you like for strapped riding versus unstrapped riding? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I've ridden all kinds of wings. My first wing was a Nash large, I think such a tanker, but super good to learn on. I felt like then I went into yeah cloud nine. I was on that P 27, which is really good. Um, I tried a friend, uh, his GoFoil, his, uh, I think it was a Kai and I was just like, Whoa, this thing has so much lift. So then, yeah, I, and when I, <laughs> when I go for it, I go big. So I bought like every single wing. So I had the Nalu to the Maliko 280, um, and everything in between. So I rode that for maybe like three months and then it's like, boom, this Armstrong craze, you know? hit Hawaii. So I'm like, Oh, I got to get an Armstrong. I had every, you know, combination of that. And I just through it all. I just never felt like, you know, super comfortable. Then I went to uh, lift, which is such a good surfy kind of, you know, feel to it. And that's where I think with it, I was able to kind of progress in my airs and straps and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, so now I'm kind of searching for that perfect wing. Um, so, yeah, I borrowed a GL. So I tried the GL 140, the 120. Um, it just felt a little slow for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm so used to that quick responsiveness of the lift. And so it just felt slow, you know. Um, even the one, well, the 120 felt better. Definitely able to turn it you know, relatively good, but it just still kind of had a slow feel. Um, then I tried that 170, that hyper 170, that uni, and that was like insane pumping, mm -hmm. super clean. Um, that would be a kind of a non-strap riding wing, I think, 
because of, you know, I would slow everything down. Um, you know, I would just do big drawn out cards and stuff like that if I wrote that all the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so those are the ones. And then, um, yeah, Cloud9 has these new F-series coming out, which is like combination of high aspect and low aspect. And, you know, the whole concept of it, I'm just like so amped up for. Like I'm so, you know, stoked to try it. So hopefully get that in a couple weeks. So How much feedback have you gotten from anyone riding those yet? I, I've seen some videos. Not a lot yet, though. I'm I'm... I'm... <laughs> super optimistic on what those are going to be yeah um i've been talking to chris a bunch um it's like from cloud Mm -hmm. nine and i mean he he is you know he's super blown away by it um i mean he's like this is like and it makes sense you know it's it's a high aspect wing you know and after trying like the gl the hyper and whatever that glide is like unparalleled like to have that glide is just so sick um but you still want to surf it you know like i still want to you know do airs and do tight turns and stuff like that so um yeah the way they designed it i guess the tips are real thinned out Mm -hmm. you know and it still has a little bit of low aspect in the middle to help with that early rise because i noticed that too even with the hyper it's like like if I would do, because I, I still even tried airs with that too. Um, after I landed and the board kind of bottomed out, it took a lot more to get it back up on foil. Yep. You know, but once I'm up, it's like, oh yeah, cruising. But yeah. they have a real high to... stall speed. Yeah. So um, yeah, Chris's feedback with it was like, this has you know super good lift in the beginning. It's it's not you know a slow lift because of that design and then for turning you know because it's kind of thinned out and pointed at the tips it it'll just you know cut through so yeah once i get mine i'll definitely be you know diving into it and and uh putting it you know to the test as far as like airs stuff like that so i'm i'm stoked yeah man do they have different sizes yeah one? so the first uh first one they're coming out with is the 32. okay so what's that equivalent um, all to, the number, you know? it, it's it's i think it's as close to the 140 the gl 140 so it's okay. about i think he said yeah all the numbers are the wingspan so it's a 32 inch wingspan which is what the gl 140 is um i think the surface area is like 170 you know, so that's equivalent to like the Hyper 170, I guess. I'm not sure. But yeah. Okay. Um, and then I think shortly after that, they're going to come out with the 28, you know, and I think that's similar to the 120. So it's like a 28 inch wingspan. And then he's been on the prototype, the 24. And I think that's like, like a 130 square, which is in surface area. Um, and he said that wing is just insane for surfing. So I feel like I'm going to probably get my best work done on that, that 24, even though I'm 200 pounds, but (laughs) I don't know. I just have a feeling that that's going to be the one on the South, on the South shore there. Do you guys still have longer period, more swell energy? Like what, what's your normal, like the conditions that I'm seeing you post right now, what, what do you think that is like three feet at 12, like 
Um, I mean, to be honest, I never nerded out on, um, you know, swell periods and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not too sure. I just know like in general, like for South swells, it's pretty, I think they're, it's more long period stuff, I guess you would say. Um, uh, I mean, we would have summers that are like, we would have like, you know, six weeks without waves kind of thing. Um, you know, and then when the swells do come in, it's usually like long waits in between sets and stuff like that. So I guess, does does that make any sense? Yeah. Like for like, yeah. So, um, but I don't know. I'm, I, the, the good thing about foiling is like, I don't really like care, (laughs) you know, about like, because even like if you uh, look at some of my, my videos and stuff like that, like because I've been getting a lot of messages like, oh, that that spot is so sick, you know, like, you know, where is that or whatever? I'm not going to say where it is. But anyways, but it's to be honest, like it's it's a at best subpar wave. Like it's it's not even a wave that people usually surf, you know, I mean, it's next to a spot that I would surf and stuff like that but I don't even sit at the spot that's like the real wave because I don't want to sit next to people, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd rather, you know, sit down the line by myself or with my wife, my wife foils too. So, oh, it's epic. um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So like to me, it's, it's like, I just want, you know, I, I, I just wake up, you know, I look out, okay, it's breaking, you know, if it's breaking, I paddle out that's basically how it is. And, you know, if I'm out there and I can catch the wave, I just catch it and then, you know, do whatever I need to on it. Because it's like, to me with foiling, it's like, if you're not looking at, you know, a wave differently, then you're really missing out, you know? Yeah. How has your life changed through foiling? Has it changed at all? Has it given you, you know, anything um, creatively or physically? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, foiling has definitely changed my life for sure. Um, uh, especially like with everything that's been going on lately. Um, I'm like an avid snowboarder and being from Hawaii, that can be difficult. But um, like I work for in the airline industry, so um, I would travel a lot. And uh, my wife and I, we would, you know, like when it's winter time, you know, it's snowboarding time. I think one winter I got like 55 days of riding, just kind of so crazy. Epic. <laughs> being from Hawaii too, you know, I mean, this is all like traveling and stuff. So, um, so it was weird. But like this year, we kind of like put off our trip. So we didn't do any in like December or anything like that. Because we usually do our trips like January, February, March and stuff like that. But then all this happened. But I think it didn't really matter to us because we got so into foiling and we were kind of getting our fix from that, that, you know, we're kind of like good. We're like, okay, you know, I'd rather just be home and foil every day than, you know, be stressed out about getting stuck in Japan or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, affected me in such a positive way. And now with like doing the straps and stuff like that, like I, I finally feel like 
I'm, you know, I can get that feeling of flying in the air that I was never able to accomplish on a shortboard. So, you know, I'm, I'm like super, super stoked on that. That's rad. I love it. Um, we didn't go into boards for straps too much. You mentioned a couple boards, but does the length of board you, you mentioned, you know, I like to ride a little bit longer boards when I'm going to be spending more time kind of hitting foam and mm -hmm. you know, the Jason foil fever podcast was a big inflection point for me. You know, he's talking about riding shorter mass. He was talking about when he's hitting the foam, kind of like letting the lift kind of, kind of losing lift and, and landing in the foam and then taking off again. Yeah. And that changed the way I approach getting in the foam. And then I realized I wanted a little bit more, I'm about a buck 95. And so I, mm -hmm. I went up a little bit in liters, a little bit in length from what I was riding for, for those days made a big difference. Um, what kind of leaders are you riding unstrapped versus strapped and length surface area? And, and what, what is more important, the surface area or, or the length, um, and volume? Yeah. So board wise, um, so the board I'm on now, um, it's pretty small. It's a four, two, I think it's like 33 liters. Um, I think it's like 20 wide. Um, and I'll say for strap riding, cause I also had, um, like a four, six, a little bit more narrow, um, that I put straps on, but it just, it's weird, but it just felt super long. Um, I think without straps, it's, you know, that extra length is so good for pumping. You just have more leverage and stuff like that. But I, I know a lot of guys are going longer these days, but I, I like not crazy short, but I like a shorter board. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for strap riding, it's, you know, to have that, you know, minimal swing weight, um, you know, and, and you're locked in, you know, with the straps. So so um you you can feel it it's like like just to have that less swing weight at the nose to kind of bring around um to bring out of airs and landings and, and whitewash and stuff it just really really helps so um i just designed a board with glenn um last saturday so i'm stoked on that so that's going to be a little bit narrower than the board i'm on now a um, little bit more volume because I'm heavy. So the board mm -hmm. that I'm on now, I, I kind of struggle to paddle it, but I just, you know, I make do. Um, so this one I'll have, I think, I think it's like 35 liters. It's going to be four, three, 19. Um, and then it's a little thicker. So, so I think it's like three and a half inches thick. I think. Okay. But, um, but yeah, the way that Glenn designed these boards are super sick. He, he kind of like, has these like super soft bevels in the nose. And I think that's what kind of um, makes it so I can turn it, you know? And it's cause I'm just like, there's just that little bit less swing weight in the nose. So for like sharp, quick turns, it just kind of, you know, rolls right through. For anyone who's interested, how do people look up Glenn's boards? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can DM me, uh, flew the coop, or you can, um, hit him up directly. Uh, his thing is magic 
808 M A J E K 808. And Glenn is is super cool. Like if you go to his page, um, he does a ton of experimenting. You know, I like Glenn. He's like super open minded. He's not willing. I mean, not he's um, not not willing to try different things. Like if you go to his page, you'll see he has like these super gnarly like whale tails or like these weird kind of like low aspect wings that he kind of makes um i think he strapped you know like a high aspect to an armstrong you know he's (laughs) he's 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 like super like yeah like he's willing to try so it's it's a cool thing about him and his boards are to me like some of the sickest boards just he just has a such a good uh approach to it um he's been shaping you know surfboards for forever so his mindset you know and his attention to detail he brings that into his foil boards and they're super super sick that's epic where do you see foiling going if you look at the evolution over the last few years we're on a parabolic curve what do you see happening in you know five years ten years in the sport not from a competitive Um, side but from what just guys are able to do yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, yeah, like progression is definitely there. Um, we're just scratching the surface, um, especially with the strap writing. There's like, there's there's so much possibilities. Um, you see like, uh, like the Spencer brothers and stuff, they're doing, you know, reverse airs, you know, backside reverse airs with wings in their hands, you know, kind of thing. Um, like yeah it's it's just gonna get more and more crazy because the speed that you can get on a foil the height that you can get on a foil um you know we're gonna be seeing you know guys doing rodeo flips and landing you know on the way kind of stuff it's it's gonna be like that um i think we'll probably see that within a few years not even five years it's it's just it's just going to be insane. <laughs> and then I think with the uh, foils getting lighter, um, I think there's definitely going to be a trend, especially for like strap riding for my experience too. It's like a lot of guys are going to go smaller, lighter, you know, um, just because it'll be that much easier to kind of, you know, whip in the air, spin around. Um, so I definitely see, you know, that's going to be a, a trend as well. Yeah, I agree. I was just uh, thinking about weighting and airs. Like for different types of riding, I like different weights of boards. Um, mm-hmm. In certain times, I don't think the foil weight makes much difference. And then in other spaces, I think it makes a lot of difference. I would think that in in the air game, light and strong will be the design production kind of uh, direction for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's going to be light, strong, small. Um, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, you're, it's going to be smaller wings, probably shorter mass. Um, and yeah, as light as you can go. And then even the boards, the boards are probably going to be, you know, as small as you can go to be able to paddle in. And then, um, yeah, I mean, cause you're just going to want as minimal under you as possible, especially if like, it's going to progress into doing spin stuff like that it's but yeah it's yeah. gonna be insane 
what about tow riding, riding bigger surf, and where you see the optimal wave conditions for fun are? Are you, are you guys towing well, bigger stuff? I mean, I I, I am a uh, uh, poor man's foiler, so I, I don't have access to jet skis or boats. Uh, so I, I have like zero experience with any of that. Um, but I, I, I feel like it's just kind of like, well, the way it is now, it's just, it's just different. You know, it's like, yeah, they're, you know, they're towing into these big, huge open ocean swells and stuff like that. It looks super sick. Um, but it's just a kind of a different kind of riding. It's more like just kind of gliding through, you know, and doing mm-hmm. like those carves. Um, not that I wouldn't want to try it or anything like that, but, um, yeah, it's just, I just don't have experience with it, but you know, I mean, you see like Kylani doing backflips at jaws and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the progression is definitely there, um, for that to be done in that. Um, what are your favorite conditions? What's your, if you could pick your dream day, what would it be? Um, to be honest, like <laughs> probably like, one to two foot just glassy soft mush (laughs) (laughs) i mean as crazy as it sounds like like today the waves are bombing out front and like like i'll go out like i went out yesterday and stuff but you know it's just a little more hairy it's a little more you know out of control the ocean is just not as calm so you know it just makes it harder to boil in so to me it's like yeah, like, I guess a slow period swell, like not even swell, just like, you know, slow period just to keep the ocean calm. Mm-hmm. One to two, but glassy mush, like just a nice mush, maybe a little bit of face, you know, to kind of like do some like top turns off the corner and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm stoked when it's small. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I love short period, kind of like eight, nine second. Like when we get mm. those days in Florida, get like a three, four foot, at eight second swell. Cause then your connections are so close. You can glide off of one and almost not even have to pump to hit the next wave out the back. I, I nice. love those days, man. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's just like, like going back to like people saying like, Oh, your spot looks so good and stuff. I mean, I feel like that could be any spot. Like I said, like where I go, it's, it's such a subpar wave, you know? Um, you know, it's, it's like, just go find a spot that you just see breaking. That's, you know, not too shallow or whatever. And it's like, you can have the most fun on that. Like, like to me, the wave is secondary. I just look at the wave as a way to get, you know, up on foil and then, you know, you're more in control. You're not relying on, on mother nature to give you, you know, something to have fun on. So that's, that's what I love about foiling. Yeah. I almost think of foiling more like being at a skate park where, you know, once you're up, you're just kind of pumping around looking for stuff to hit. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love it. Um, all right, man. Well, last, last, uh, messages, what do you want to leave people with? People can find you on Instagram at, is it flew the coop? Flew the coop? Yeah. Flew the coop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Flew DA. Yeah. Duh. Instead of us. 
pigeon stuff. But yeah, flew to coop. Um, I just started up a YouTube channel one by one foil. So I'm posting all my videos there and then okay. hopefully I can come up with some, uh, like instructional stuff, like some of the, you know, like stuff that we talked about with the straps. I'll try and have some videos about that. Um, you know, placement, you know, inserts, stuff like that. We didn't even get into inserts. I've, I've gone through like five different types of inserts for straps too. So, um, yeah, so that that's going to be um, what's right the best this, insert? All... What's the um, best in your experience? So I found these, uh, I guess it's Chinook. It's like a sailing company, um, but they make foot inserts. Um, okay. So they have this micro adjustable seven hole insert because um, I was using the three hole brass inserts, um, but the spacing was about one inch apart. So I would always run into issues where it felt a little loose or a little tight, you know? So I, I needed a little more micro adjusting to kind of move it around. So this uh, Chinook one, it has seven holes and they're all half inch spacing between the holes. So it just gives you a little more kind of fine tune adjusting. Um, but the funny thing is once you find like that money spot, you'll probably only use those holes. But to get to that point, you know, cause every board is different and everything like that. Like you want to have as many options to start with as possible. So, um, and then, yeah. So like I went from like using like the brass inserts. So you would use like a regular screw, like 1032 screw to these Chinook ones, which uses like cutting screws. Does that make sense? So it's um, like, you know, it's a plastic insert. So you're just okay. going directly into the plastic rather than a brass insert. So oh, I gotcha. Yeah. And then like for like adjusting it in the water is, is a little bit easier with the cutting screw because you're not twisting it as much, you know, and when you're in the water, you want to kind of like spend less time <laughs> unscrewing and rescrewing screws, you know? Right on. Um, yeah. this has been killer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then, awesome. um, yeah, cloud nine, it's going to be coming out with that F series. Um, I think once they are like super good to go, they're going to give me some info. You can hit me up. I can send you a link, get you some discount on it and stuff like that through cloud nine. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, yeah. Hit up Len, magic 808, super sick boards. Um, and then, oh yeah. Global CBD too. They're, uh, helping me with my knee injuries and stuff like that. So. Yeah, super stoked on that. Epic. Well, Paul, thanks for spending your morning with me. I know you want to get out and surf. Uh, yeah, for do, sure. Doing this early before the surf. So, epic, That's brother. cool. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for uh, helping me nerd out with uh, my foiling lingo and all of that. Yeah, super stoked. Big fan of this show. And yeah, I'm stoked to be a part of it. 